because you have made our savor to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. They said, look, Moses, everything was going good till you showed up. Ever since you showed up obeying the voice of God and all this stuff, we got to make brick with no straw. Things are getting worse. They're whipping us even more. Verse 22, and Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? Moses is saying, look, Lord, I told you I didn't want to go. <laughs> Ever since I have obeyed you, things are getting worse. Verse 23. For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. Continuing on in Exodus 6, verse 1, the next scripture. Then the Lord said unto Moses, now oh I gotta preach on me here tonight now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh with a strong hand shall he let them go and with a strong hand shall he drive him out of his land and God spake unto Moses and said unto him I am the Lord and I appeared unto Abraham unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them Last scripture, and I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. I want to preach to you on this subject tonight, the power of resistance. The power of resistance. Can you lay your Bibles down? Everyone close your eyes, lift up your hands, and let's ask God to do exactly what he wants to do in this building. Lord, we submit to your spirit tonight. We submit to your word. We submit to your thoughts. Lord, loose an apostolic anointing in this building. Like never before, Jesus. Let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation here tonight. Loose the gift of faith. Loose the gift of prophecy. Let something come upon your people even now and demonstrate your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? And let a shout ring out across this building. That's it. Somebody open up your mouth. Somebody shout unto God. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The power of resistance God speaks to Abraham and he tells Abraham I want you to leave everything behind and follow me because I'm going to make you a great nation and those that bless you I will bless and those that curse you I will curse but through your walk with me Abraham all of the nations of the earth are going to be blessed because of your walk with me. Out of your experience with me, Abraham, the whole world is going to be blessed by me. Israel comes out of the loins of Abraham. And God speaks to Abraham. Abraham, the whole world is going to be blessed out of your loins. But he says, here's the thing. I'm going to prophesy to you. He said, Abraham, your seed, your offspring, that chosen vessel, that chosen nation, it's going to be in a land of captivity, a strange land for 400 years. He said, that chosen vessel that comes out of your loins is going to be in a strange land of captivity 
for 400 years. It's interesting that God said that they would come out after 400 years. But the nation of Israel did not come out of Egypt until after 430 years. They stayed 30 years longer in a situation that they had been prophesied they were supposed to come out of. They stayed 30 years longer in a situation that they had been supposed to be delivered from. How is it this chosen vessel in Egypt stayed 30 years longer? It's because they were chosen but comfortable. They were called but complacent. Expectation and exploits were taken hostage by ease. They dwelt in the best of the land. They dwelt in Goshen, which literally means to draw near. They were content drawing near to their destiny. But they did not have the fervor or the intensity to walk in their destiny. They were content coming close. I almost prayed through. I almost got deliverance. I almost got the victory. I almost got it. Can I tell you? Nobody remembers people that almost get it done. We've got to have a fervor and an intensity in us. And I'm tired of coming close. I want to be everything that God has created me to be. Hallelujah. They were eating the best of food. They were in the best of the land. And they got comfortable there. Where they forgot their purpose of why they even came into Egypt. As a matter of fact, can I tell you, history doesn't remember people that almost get it done. Many of you would try to convince me tonight and tell me that a man by the name of Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. Can I give you a revelation? Alexander Graham Bell was not the first person to invent the telephone. He was not the first person to start the invention of the telephone. He was just the first person to finish it. There's a difference. The first person that started the invention of the telephone was a man called Elisha Gray, whom you've never heard of. And Elisha Gray, he started this invention of the telephone and he started it and he began to work on it. But somewhere along the line, he put the invention on the shelf, put it on the back burner and began to live his life. Alexander Graham Bell got wind of this invention he began to start working on his own type model when Elisha Gray heard that Alexander Graham Bell was close to finishing the model Elisha Gray began to go back and hurry up and try to finish his invention and Alexander Graham Bell's lawyer got the invention patented a few hours before Elisha Gray's lawyer got that invention patented and Elisha Gray is forever remembered as someone that almost got it done. I'm tired uh, of almost getting it done. Nobody remembers people that come close. Come on, somebody. Baptize us with a fervor and an intensity that says I'm not going to stop until I get everything that God wants me to get. Oh, somebody clap their hands to the Lord right now. They were comfortable. Uh, they were comfortable there. They were comfortable uh, in Egypt. They were comfortable because uh, they learned to get uh, numbed uh, by the, 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 the regularity of life. Uh, and they began to lose sight of uh, their purpose and their destiny. So God said, uh, I got to find a way to get this chosen vessel uh, out uh, of Egypt. I got to find a way uh, to provoke them out of Egypt and get them into their destiny. Uh, they forgot the potential that I had placed in them. Uh, so I got to find a way uh, to get them out of their comfort zone. Uh, and the Bible says that God found something called resistance. Romans chapter 9, verse 17. It says this. 
Romans 9.17. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. God said, I am the one that raised up Pharaoh. I am the one that raised up that resistance. Because you got, you had favor with all the other Pharaohs. And you got comfortable in that favor. So I'm going to raise up a Pharaoh that doesn't know Joseph. And I'm going to raise him up to afflict you into your destiny. Because you're too comfortable where you've been. So I know how to get you right and get you back on your knees to crying out to me. I raised them up. You're praying for me to take them out, but I'm the one that put them in there. I put that thorn in your side and you praying for me. You saying the devil attacking you. No, the devil ain't attacking you. I'm the one that raised up that hell in your life to get your prayer life back, to get your worship back, to Get your intensity back. You come in the church and you talking about the devil after me. The devil is God's like, no, no. The problem was when I was blessing you, you started folding your arms and you weren't responding to me anymore. I realized when I started blessing you, you didn't show up to early morning prayer anymore. I realized when I started blessing you, you didn't show up and read your word anymore. You got so blessed, you got comfortable. So I got an answer for that. Hey, Pharaoh, I want you to afflict them sore and I want you to make them hurt so bad where the only thing they could do is finally cry out to me again God knows how to bring us back to our knees. God knows how to bring us back to our destiny. This chosen vessel is comfortable in Egypt. So God said, I'm going to raise up a situation to provoke them out of Egypt. I'm going to make Egypt so bad where they cannot bear it anymore. Their mouths were silent while they were eating the best of the land. So now let's get the whips out. Now I'm raising up a Pharaoh that doesn't know Joseph that they won't have favor with can I tell you God knows how to bring us back to our knees I began to tell some of the leaders yesterday about a revelation that God had given me that when Isaac the Bible says that Rebecca was barren. She was barren for 20 years. And you never hear Rebecca pray when she was barren. But finally, Isaac, the Bible says, entreated the Lord. He entreated the Lord. And when he entreated the Lord, Rebecca became pregnant. And after she became pregnant, the children began to struggle in her womb. And as the children struggled, the Bible says that Rebecca inquired oh i gotta preach now isaac entreated but rebecca inquired rebecca did not pray when she was barren she prayed when she went through the struggle ah can i preach to you right now women pray through the struggle men don't pray during the struggle men only pray and come to God when legacy is threatened when legacy is threatened that's when men get on their knees Isaac didn't pray until 20 years passed and he had no one to bring his inheritance down to so when the legacy was threatened he finally interceded but Rebecca she didn't pray when she was barren but whenever the struggle happened she finally sought after God Hannah didn't pray when she was barren she prayed after Penina provoked her sore and what barrenness couldn't get her on her knees the affliction from her adversary finally got her on her knees can I preach to you now that's why there's more women in church in the church of the living God because adversity causes women to come into the house but men we are stubborn we can go through all types of adversity but still be walking down on a road to hell with all of our pride but God says when I threaten your legacy and when I touch your kids and when I touch your marriage what affliction couldn't do legacy brought you back to what you used to be 
God I don't want you to have to bring resistance to get me on my knees again let me get back voluntarily let me get back God said, uh, uh, you're not praying, huh? Okay. Uh, well, if you won't pray voluntarily, uh, I'll raise up enough hell in your life to make you pray involuntarily. Uh, since you won't fast voluntarily, uh, I'll raise up enough affliction in your life to make you fast uh, involuntarily. Uh, since you won't clap your hands voluntarily, uh, I'll raise up enough stuff in your life uh, where you can't help but clap your hands. Uh, because the destiny that I've placed in you uh, is too great to waste away uh, on a pew in your comfort zone uh, so I'll raise up what I gotta raise up uh, to get you back to clapping again uh, to get you back to running again uh, to get you back to shouting again uh, to get you back to dancing again uh, to get you back to going after it again somebody shout yes and so God raises up resistance can I tell you with all other things that's going on in the world, all of their resistance, can I tell you I'm not afraid of it. I fear more where the church would be if we did not have that resistance. Because we'd probably be laid back in our comfort zone and our lazy boys and building our houses and barns. But because of the affliction it has provoked us in this hour, to be what God has created us to be. So God said, I'm raising up a Pharaoh that you don't know. Uh, I'm going to threaten your legacy by have the Pharaoh throw your kids into the Nile. Hello? I'm going to threaten the legacy. I'm going to throw your kids in the Nile. Get the alligators after them. Get the crocodiles after them. I'm going to threaten the legacy. And after the legacy is threatened, the Bible says that they finally cried out to God for a deliverer. They didn't cry out until they were afflicted. And God answers their prayer. Hear me. Watch this. This this baffles me. God answers their prayer with a baby in Pharaoh's house. He said, I got an answer to your prayer. I'm going to raise up your deliverer in the enemy's house. I'm not going to raise him up among you. Because if I raise him up among his own people, he'll probably be, get comfortable. I don't want him to conform to the comfortable Israelite prone mindset. So I'm going to raise him in the enemy's house uh, so he can have a vision of possessing kingdoms uh, and conquering nations uh, instead of barely surviving. That's what God did with Moses. So you got to have a vision of possessing kingdoms and conquering nations. You're not going to do that among your comfortable people. I'm going to put you in the fire of the enemy's house so you can see the scrolls and the battle plans and the strategies for when you finally deliver my people, you're going to know you were born and you were raised for this moment. And so God begins to raise up Moses in the enemy's house. Moses gets impatient with this calling. And the Bible says that he killed an Egyptian. He killed an Egyptian. In Acts 7, Stephen preaching, he said, Moses killed that Egyptian supposing that Israel might understand that by his hand he was their deliverer. Moses knew he was called. He knew he was chosen. And so he killed that Egyptian in the flesh to try to push his destiny forward. But it wasn't time. And so he made a mistake and now he goes out on the backside of the desert for 40 years after his mistake feeling like he's a failure feeling like God's done with him because he messed up but God comes to Moses and speaks to him out of a burning bush and essentially God says this Moses I know you made a mistake but you're still called you're still chosen and you're still my man for the hour but what God was saying was I'd rather choose a Moses that made a mistake because he's so uncomfortable where he is than to use somebody with all the talent and all the ability 
but they're so comfortable I can't even squeeze the anointing out of them. I'd rather raise up somebody with a rough background that's hungry for me. That's somebody that is all perfect and has everything together, but they're so comfortable they never respond and they'll never be what I anointed them to be. Can I tell you, if you don't get your act together, God will raise up a prostitute off the street. If you won't sing, he'll raise them off from the street, clean them up, and give them a voice that'll make you scratch your head. Come on, somebody. You don't want to preach? You don't want to study? Okay, I'll raise up somebody that doesn't even have a place to live. I'll bring them off the street. They may be homeless, but I'll clean them up so good and give them so much revelation that he's going to make you scratch your head and show you what you could have been. Come on now. But you were so comfortable. You weren't willing to respond. Somebody clap right now. My word, I wish I could... Uh, I'm wanting to move on, but let, let me let me talk about that. Can I tell you, when Saul began to do things his way, God didn't speak a word to Saul. All God did was just withdraw from Saul and put his hand on somebody else. That's the greatest judgment. God didn't even come out and rebuke him. Samuel did. God said, no, my greatest judgment is when I lift my hand off of you. Put it on somebody else that's not as qualified as you are. And so all you can do is just... That, that, that's, now that's the worst judgment because the worst judgment is not just that God lifts his hand off of you. Watch it now. The worst judgment is God is going to make you live long enough to see the person operating in your anointing. You're going to see them sing with the anointing that you used to have. Hello? You're going to see them preach with the anointing that you used to have. And all that was left for Saul to do was just to get jealous. He got so jealous he gets a javelin and he throws it at him. And the Bible says that Saul chased David and drove him until David dwelt in the land of the Philistines. Saul chased David into the Philistines. And when he saw him go to the Philistines, he stopped pursuing him. Saul, the Philistines is a type of the world. Saul would rather his brother be in the world than to do better than him in church. I'd rather you be backslid than to preach better than me, than to sing better than me. And I see that you're drifting in your spirit and I'm happy about it huh? because it's going to give me back my opportunity. Come on now. Huh? I, I'm not going to warn you in the Holy Ghost. Huh? No, I'm going to let the judgment come huh? because I'm so jealous of you. Huh? I want my spot back. God, huh? give us a Jonathan in our lives. It's huh? not concerned with position, huh? but says, you know what? I'm going to lift you up above huh? where I am huh? and you're going to do greater than I could ever do and so Moses he gets this call from God gets this call out of this burning bush he he's excited about his destiny again and he gets up out of that altar call out of that prayer meeting he puts the sandals back on he he squares his shoulders he starts walking back uh, to Egypt with the destiny all over him uh, tears still stained from the presence of God uh, he got a word from the Lord uh, he walks in to Egypt with all uh, of this boldness and when he gets there uh, he busts the door open to Pharaoh's palace and he walks into the court and the servants are looking at him like who is this guy he walks in with all the authority of the Holy Ghost fresh off of a prayer meeting he goes up to Pharaoh points a finger in Pharaoh's face and he begins to say Pharaoh let my people go and Pharaoh says no 
okay, hold on, let me try that again. I don't know if you heard me. Let my people go. Pharaoh's like, I don't think you heard me, boy. I said no. Moses said, okay, you forced me to do this, Pharaoh. Aaron, give me my rod. Watch it now. (laughs) It's a snake. Pharaoh's like, magicians come, not musicians. (laughs) Magicians come, and they throw their rods down. And it becomes two snakes. And Moses is like, he immediately encounters resistance. And many of you, after you have resistance, you just be like, okay, God lied to me. And you go back to your comfort zone. He immediately meets resistance. After the word from God. And notice the first time Pharaoh tells him, no, no miracles happened. Are you hearing me? There were no plagues that happened on that first time Pharaoh said that. What God wanted to show Moses was, look, I want you to see the insurmountable task before you. So you can know that you're not going to get this victory in the flesh. I wanted to raise it up. So you can understand that you're not going to get this by your favor with Pharaoh. It's only going to happen if I answer you out of heaven. And he says, Moses, now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. I want you to, I wanted you to encounter the resistance. So I could give you a revelation. Of who I am. He said Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They only knew me by the name God Almighty. But they didn't know me. By my name Jehovah. He says Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They never endured this type of resistance. But because you're willing to endure this type of resistance. I'm going to give you a revelation of me. That no one before you has ever had. He said, I wanted you to encounter the resistance because I'm trying to provoke you into a revelation that no generation before you has ever had. Can I tell you that in this generation we have never encountered resistance since the birth of the church like we're encountering right now? And people are going to look at me and say, well, Brother Jackson, don't you know that the Apostle Paul was, uh, these martyrs, the apostles were martyred and, and all of these things. I understand, I understand, but hear me. For the Apostle Paul to fall into sin in the, in the, in the first century church, in order for Paul to fall into sin, he literally had to leave his house and go to a Roman theater and leave his house to go fall in sin. But we're living in such an age where you can fall and sin with your phone in your hand in your own bed uh, without ever making a move looking at a website uh, fall into sin uh, with nobody in the house uh, can I tell you we are facing greater resistance now uh, than anyone has ever faced before but God said because you're willing to live for me in the midst of that type of resistance I'm going to give you a revelation of my grace and of my mercy that no one before you has ever had before so God this was God's answer to Moses for his resistance Moses go again again until your resistance brings back revelation go again until what is against you comes back for you go again until you get the answer that you've been looking for can I tell you you will never understand beauty until you first endured ashes. You will never understand the oil of joy until you first endure mourning. You will never 
understand the garment of praise until you first endure the spirit of heaviness. You cannot get a revelation that you've never gotten until you go through what you've never gone through. And when you go through it, you're going to come out on the other side better than you went in. Go again. Go again. Go again until what is against you comes back for you. Can I tell you, many times God will use resistance to bring you into the revelation that he wants you to have. Even Jesus. Jesus, God on God in the flesh. He, that incredible man of God. He, the Bible says that the Spirit spoke out and said, This is my beloved Son, and whom I am well pleased next verse and immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness sometimes the spirit will drive you into a rough place when he's pleased with you sometimes the spirit will drive you into a wilderness of isolation and loneliness and if you could hear heaven heaven is saying I'm pleased with you what if I told you what you're fighting right now is not because of the wrong that you've done but it's because of the right that you've done what if I told you what you're enduring right now is not because of how bad you are but it's because of how good you are what if I told you it's because you're on the right track and not because you're on the wrong track hallelujah you say what am I doing wrong I'm fighting all of this resistance but God is like no you just keep on going because you're on the right track and that resistance is going to give way to the anointing to the power to the glory that nobody's ever experienced Go again. Go again. I'm facing resistance, Brother Jackson. Well, I got a word for you. You just go again. But I'm in the wilderness, barely surviving. I got a word for you. You just keep on going again. Brother Jackson, I'm still sick in my body. And I clapped already. Well, I got a revelation for you. Clap again. Hey, Brother Jackson, I've been enduring a lot. And I've, and I've lifted up my voice before. Well, I got a word for you. Lift up your voice again. You say, Brother Jackson, but I'm still struggling. And I've run around the church. I got a word for you. Run again. Run again until something changes. Shout again until something breaks. Walk again until the glory and the power come. I wish somebody would clap right now. I wish somebody would lift up their voice right now. You got to make up your mind tonight uh, that I'd rather be on the rough road uh, going somewhere uh, than to be on a clear road going nowhere. Uh, I'd rather go through something but get something uh, than to go through nothing but get nothing. Uh, I'd rather endure hell on earth uh, but go to heaven uh, than to have heaven on earth uh, but go to hell. Uh, let me go through what I got to go through. Uh, just give me my anointing back. Uh, just give me my shout back. Just give me my power back. Just give me the glory. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to you in the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to you in the Holy Ghost. You had a word from God. And after that word from God, you ran into a brick wall for the past 10 years. You've had a 10-year wall of resistance laid up against you. And you're still receiving prophecies. And you're still receiving words. Yet, all you see is a brick wall. But I come to preach to you in the Holy Ghost about what you don't see. On the other side of that wall there has been some shaking on the other side of that wall there has been some cracks that you don't see yet that wall is getting weaker that wall is getting weaker it still looks like a wall now but on the other side all it takes is another hallelujah all it takes is another shout all it takes is another run all it takes is another clap all it takes is a little bit more. 
you can't see it in the physical but you can see it in the spirit it still looks like a wall's up but you don't know that for 10 years that wall's been getting weaker that wall's been getting weaker and weaker weaker and you felt like you haven't progressed but you've been having more progress than you've ever seen before because you have the audacity to just keep on going and just keep on praying and just keep on prophesying just keep on preaching and it's coming down come somebody clap one more time for those of you that don't feel anything yet clap again lift up your voice one more time if you, and if you don't feel anything yet, lift up your voice again. Somebody needs to pray right now. You need to grab the person's hand next to you right now. And I want you to pray. That God begins to break down the resistance. And that God would give him a revelation. That God would give him an understanding. That God would give him an understanding. Come on, go again. Come on, go again. I know you're tired, but go again. I know you're tired, but go again. I know you're weak, but go again. Go again. come on i want you to stand on your feet right now everyone stand on your feet and lift up those hands to the sky and make a decision that i'm gonna go again I'm going to go again.
against all the odds. I'm going to go again. I've been in a 10-year drought, but I'm going to go again. I've been trying to figure this thing out, but I hear the word of the Lord to just go again. Hear, hear the word of the Lord. Hear me, hear me. Here's what the Lord's telling me right now. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. Moses, he got through the resistance because he had the tenacity. To just keep on going. And each time he goes back to Pharaoh's court. God is now backing him up. He goes to Pharaoh's court again. And Pharaoh says no. He goes again. Pharaoh says no. He goes again. Pharaoh says no. But this time. Each time he goes. There's plagues that follow. After the word of the Lord. Each time he goes. God starts putting judgment. On the Egyptian false gods. Each plague was a judgment. On the Egyptian false gods. The polytheistic religion. The gods. Whenever the frogs came out of the ground. That was God. Putting judgment on the Egyptian frog god. Hejat. The fertility god. When God began to make the darkness cover Egypt and the sun was gone and they couldn't see it anymore that was God putting judgment on the Egyptian false sun god Ra each time Moses kept going he kept getting a deeper and deeper revelation of who God was he saw God is in control of the sun God is in control of the nature he keeps on going until finally he gets the final revelation he keeps going until he gets the revelation of of the blood of the lamb. He keeps enduring the resistance until he gets the revelation of the lamb's blood. You've got to keep going until the blood of the lamb covers everything that has come against you in your walk. And I come to preach the in the Holy Ghost. For years you've encountered resistance, resistance, resistance. And there hasn't been any plagues that's come. But now the flesh has begun to die. And you see that if those prophecies are going to come to pass, it cannot come out of my human volition and out of my human will. I need God to send something from another world to change everything. And you are entering into a place right now where when you go back to that resistance of Pharaoh's court you're not going in the flesh anymore no but when you go there there's going to be the hand of the Lord that's behind you and you won't have to get frustrated in your human ability God said I'm going to back you up from this point on and I'm not going to let you be frustrated anymore God is sending something on this church your prayers has come up as a memorial for the throne of God and God said though I bear long I will avenge you speedily though it's been a long time I'm going to do a quick work I'm going to do something that's going to make you scratch your head go again go again go again go again go again the heavens were shut up for three years. Elisha, Elijah sends his servant. He prays for rain to come down. He sends his servant. Hey, I want you to go see if there's rain coming. And the servant came back and said, there's nothing. And the prophet just said, well, go again. Go again until your resistance brings back abundance go again until you hear the sound of abundance of rain keep going until the circumstances change 
but I'm weak, Brother Jackson, but I'm tired. But you just, you just go again. You have enough strength to go again. That's the word of direction from this, for this church. Get up and go again. Stop lamenting what happened. Stop lamenting the hurts and the pain. Stop lamenting. Stop, stop, stop going in the corner and wiping off your wounds. And you put on your war boots on again. And you just get up and you just go out there and show the devil that you didn't kill me. And I'm still here believing the prophecy. I'm still here believing the word. I'm still here believing you're able. I'm still here believing for my family. That's the word of direction. Just go again. Just go again. Just go again. Just go again. Somebody speak in tongues right now. on, speak in tongues, pray in the Holy Ghost right now.
That's it. Speak with tongues right now. If you're near, if you're nearby somebody, lay your hands on them right now and begin to pray and ask God to give them the strength to go again. Come on, open up your mouth across this building. You may have to walk across the aisle. You may have to step out of your seat. If the Spirit is leading you, you need to get up out of that seat and find somebody to lay your hands on and encourage to go again. Something is shifting in the spirit realm. Ma 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 